0: Good morning. morning. So apparently every time I'm in here, it's going to be difficult to follow something. Uh, Before I start, I just wanted to say thank you. Kelly and Jenna, you're in here. Thank you to Tim. I assume you'll watch this over and over later. That's okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start, though. Uh, So I have a friend. That's not the joke. I have a friend. I have a friend. Uh, who actually entered one of those contests and won two tickets to the Super Bowl. Uh, and he was so excited when he entered, he wasn't thinking about anything, and then when he finally looked at the tickets, he realized that it was on the same date as his wedding. And so now he can't go. So, if you're interested, the church is in Columbus and the bride's name is Donna. <laughs> So we are continuing the Firm Foundations series this week, and and to me, I want to go through the things that that are so foundational to our faith, that that, that mean so much to our daily lives, that, that show us how much God loves us, what God has done for us, what we can do through him, everything that we can do in this difficult world with those foundations, with that faith, with that hope, with that life that he has given us. And so, as I've prayed about this series and thought about this series, I keep getting drawn to Romans. And so, I want to read this week from Romans 5, 1 through 11. Uh, Therefore, once we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege, where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So peace with God is different than peace of God. And both of them were brought to us, given to us, because of Jesus' sacrifice, because of what he did for us on the cross, because he gave his life for us. Peace with God is knowing that that he loves us, knowing that he's there, knowing that we've received grace, knowing that, that we have someone, something always with us, living with us, within us, going through us, all of these different things. And peace of God means that we have this confidence or at least this understanding That our life is in someone else's hands. That no matter what happens, no matter what we face, he is there and he will help us. And because of God's love, his great love, his amazing love, his unconditional love, his beyond our understanding love, we receive grace. And that is so foundational to our faith. All of those things are so foundational to our faith. And without it, without that grace, without that love, without that faith, we're done. Like, like there's literally none of us here right now. uh, And, you know, the snow tried to keep us out anyway, but there's none of us here right now. Which, by the way, is why I hate snow. Uh, And some of you are like, oh, it's so pretty. It's not. Come on. (laughs) Come on. There's, uh, on my way in, on Hamilton Mason, uh, there's some people on the side of the road that aren't saying it's pretty right now. I'll tell you that. (laughs) But Paul mentions that it's an undeserved privilege. And that is so true. Because no one deserves it. None of us deserve it. It's something that we can't earn. It's something that no matter what we do, we can't earn because we mess up, because we're imperfect. Now, I want you to do an exercise here, not like a physical one, but think of the best Christian. ever. Now, I'm talking somebody who has meant a lot to your life, somebody who has stood for you, somebody who has helped you. Uh, and it can be somebody you know. It can be somebody that... that was a parent or a grandparent or a pastor or something, or it can be somebody uh, that you only know through uh, like TV, somebody that you only know through podcasts, somebody that you only know through books, uh, whatever it is. Think of that person. That person has at some point done something wrong. That person has at some point done something against God. And we can look through the Bible and we can see examples of this. David is a man after God's own heart. Over and over again, he's mentioned as a man after God's own heart. He stood so strong against Goliath. And as soon as he won that fight, he immediately gave glory to God. So again, a man after God's own heart. And yet, he did bad things. He sinned. Moses sinned. Uh, uh, Peter sinned. Paul, he sinned a lot before he was converted. And my point With that, it is not to say, oh man, we all stink. My point with that is to say through that grace that we are given, we are able to have a choice to do better. We are able to have a choice of faith. We are able to choose him to to stand up, to to learn from our mistakes, to learn from others' mistakes, to, to go forward together. We have a choice for faith, and through that faith, We have a choice for peace. We can feel that. But neither of those things are easy because we are not alone in this world. And the world is always there to kind of sap things away and take things away. And there are hurts and there are pain and all of these things. But through that faith, through that peace with God, even though it's not easy, we know that he is there. We know that he's always going to love us no matter what. We've done. He he loved David. He loved Peter. He loved Paul. He loved every single person. Now, not everybody loves him back and not everybody chooses him. But once we do, we have that peace and that faith can carry us and we can go forward. And and even though God is always going to love us, not everybody is. And so life can be hard and, and not everything will always be good. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. If I could tell you that once you accept that gift of grace, once you turn your life to him, once you begin living for him, then boom, everything's awesome. Man, we'd be packed regardless of the weather. And I'm not just talking on Sundays, I'm talking every single day of the week, like people would be pouring in every church door because that's a good deal. But I can't say that. However, no matter what happens, we still have that love. And so I have a quote. The peace that Jesus gives us is never engineered by circumstances on the outside. And thank goodness for that. If our peace were generated by the world, it's impossible. If our peace were generated by the Bengal seasons, like every 10 or 20 years, we'd have some pretty good years. But a lot of times, it wouldn't be that great. And think about how chaotic your life would be during the season as ups and downs and linemen get hurt and all of that stuff. Or if your peace were generated by the Reds. (laughs) But even even at the best of times, even when things are awesome, even when we're going well, even when everything feels okay, there's still traffic and there's still hurts and and there's still things that kind of drag away from that. So if our peace were only found from the world, because of the world, because of the things that we have, because of the things that we want, because of the things that others have, we'd never really feel it. There'd be no peace, there'd be nothing. The the traffic, the hurts, the, the disease, the losses, money troubles, politics. Everything is always going to be there and it's always going to sap at that peace. But here's the thing. Peace doesn't mean always happy. It doesn't mean always joyful. It doesn't mean that that you never have troubles. It's an understanding that no matter what we face, we do not face it alone. It is an understanding that no matter where we go, God goes before us. It's an understanding that no matter where we are, he is there with us. It's an understanding that, that there is a better way that living for him is the best way no matter what else happens no matter what else anybody says it's an understanding it's an understanding that we don't have to prove we're worthy of God's love because we're not and yet we're given it it's an understanding that that we don't have to fight for access to him because it's there we have constant access to the creator of everything Because of that love for us, because of that faith, because of that grace. It's an understanding that we don't have to live by a checklist. Because we live by Him. We live by faith in Him. We live by love with Him. We live by peace with Him. So peace is not given to us by the outside. But the outside can absolutely shake it. It can absolutely shake our faith. It can absolutely make it difficult. It absolutely, absolutely. That's hard to say several times in a row. It can absolutely shake everything around us. Continuing the scripture. Uh, verse three. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop Endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Paul says something that's very difficult here Rejoice in problems and trials, rejoice in the hard times, rejoice in the things that we face, rejoice in the things that are difficult for us. That's hard. If that were easy, again, we'd all be doing it. But it's so hard. It's so difficult. Now, if it's something that we've caused. If it's something that, that comes from our actions and we face troubles because of that, it's not easy. But we kind of understand that, that it's on us and we can learn from it. We cannot do it again and all of those things. But man, 99% of the things we face are not caused by us. There are things in the world. There are things that we have no control over. There are things that are just always there. So what can we do? What can we do in the face of that? How can we possibly rejoice? And that idea, that feeling leads a lot of people to have this this idea that God is up there with like a giant tablet. Beatrice calls it an iPad. I don't know if it's an accent or what, but he has this giant tablet, and he's looking around, and he's like, okay, okay, well, Grady's had it pretty good for a couple weeks, so let's give him something really hard to deal with. Let's make him fail a test or something, or, or, or whoever else. I'm not going to go through person by person because none of you would like that, but it's like he's not sitting up there with his finger on a button saying, I'm going to really mess up Sean's day today. You know, that's not how that works, but we, a lot of people have that idea. However, it's more about the calm he brings through those troubles, through those trials. It's about the lessons that he helps us to to learn through those. It's about how he helps us to find beauty from ashes. It's how he helps us to, to become better through those things, to learn endurance, to learn character, to do all of these things. How he teaches us through them. Because he is strong and he is constant and he is beyond all of those things. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is Peter. When Jesus is walking on water, and I've taught from this before, but but I think even with that, all of us kind of when we picture that story, we just jump to the part where Jesus is walking on water and then Peter sinks. Well, before that, he walks on water. Peter, a human, walks on water. And you see the weather around him and the disciples' voices and all of the troubles of his life, they were still there. Jesus didn't watch him walking on water and then make those appear. Jesus was standing there watching him walk on water because Jesus is constant. But then, what changed was not Jesus. It was not the weather. It was not what other people said. It was Peter's focus. Peter's focus turned from Jesus. He had been staring at him and walking straight towards him and he's succeeding. And then he turns and he looks at the weather. And he listens. To the voices. And he thinks about what he can't do. And then he sinks. Even then though. Jesus immediately helped him when he asked. Immediately. But Peter learned through that. He wasn't perfect after that. You can look through his life. He was not perfect after that. But he learned from that. And he grew from that. And his character changed. And his, his outlook changed. But God never did. The constant peace of God, the constant love of God, the the constant salvation of Jesus never changed. Uh, A couple years ago, I guess, time's kind of difficult for me. I'm sure a lot of us have trouble figuring out time, but uh, I was microwaving cheese. And most, I think I might've used this before, most of you know it. I was microwaving cheese uh, to dip like pizza crust in And uh, I sat it down on the chair. Now, it's like an upholstered chair, like a movable chair. You probably know where this is going now. I sat down hard because I was tired or lazy or something. And the cheese poured all over my leg. Melted cheese hurts. And so I learned from that experience not to do that anymore. No, but but I, I learned from that experience Different little things like, hey, set it on a table or don't plop down next to hot things, things that most of us knew already. But I learned. But through our lives, we learn so much in the tough times. We, we learn so much uh, when we have to endure, when we have to grow patience. And people will say, if you pray for patience, get ready to be tested. And that's true. But you're going to be tested anyway. And so we learn to grow that. We learn to grow patience because God is there helping us to learn. He's there helping us to be better. He's there helping us to become beauty. Our character is strengthened because we learn we aren't alone. Not just not alone in terms of God there, although that's constant and he's always there. But we learn that we're not alone in the world. That the world does not revolve around us. That there are other people that exist. And we learn that. And a lot of people, they seem to all be in politics, never learn that. But we learn that and so our character grows, our endurance grows. We give it over to him and we get better. Not because of anything we do, but because we allow him more control, because we allow him in more. We allow him to to be there with our lives. We find hope. By looking to him, we find hope by clinging to that promise of salvation, by clinging to that hope of a better future, by by just grabbing on to his love. And that helps us to grow. It helps us to live better. It, it, It helps us to be better. But even with all of that. All of us at some point, maybe a lot. will think. Why can't we just be given these things? Like, why can't I just go to bed one night and wake up with great character and endurance and patience? That'd be awesome. Like how Solomon prayed for wisdom. If you know the story, his story didn't work out very well for him because of his ego, because of what he did. But but we kind of want that. And so I have a quote from Billy Graham. Out of defeat, can come the best in human nature. As Christians face storms of adversity, they may rise with more beauty. They are like trees that grow on mountain ridges, battered by winds, yet trees in which we find the strongest wood. And I love that whole quote, but I love especially that he says they may rise with more beauty because the choice lies with us. God will absolutely love us and he will absolutely help us, but we have to choose to let him. We have to choose to look at him. We have to choose to, to give it over. And it would be awesome if we didn't face anything bad. If we didn't face any troubles. If we didn't face any trials. If nothing bad ever happened. But then we wouldn't appreciate the good. We wouldn't learn anything. We wouldn't grow. There is no learning our lessons without consequences. There is no growth Without difficulty, there's no growth without struggles. There's no hope without loss. All of these things help to change our perspective, help to teach us that that he is constant, that he's the only constant. Uh, I've used a quote from Michael Jordan before, who is the greatest basketball player of all time. He absolutely is. is. Anybody, anybody who thinks it's LeBron needs to go to the altar right now. because Jordan actually played every game. But anyway, uh, he's the greatest. And regardless of whether you agree with me or if you're wrong, he is the greatest. (laughs) And he had this quote and I had this poster and it lists all the times that he's missed shots, all the times that he's failed, all the times, well, one time that he got cut from basketball in high school. And he says, because I failed, I I learned to succeed. And, And that's true. Somebody else that I know you're not gonna like, but Tom Brady. I get it, but like him or not, you cannot argue with seven Super Bowls and over half his life in the NFL. And he still plays at a kind of high level. He's had a great career. He was drafted at the end of the sixth round. He barely started in college, not the whole season at all. And that adversity, it taught him to to go past that. It taught him to try harder, to do more. And, you know, you could argue with both of them fairly successfully that they gave too much of themselves to their sport. But we can still learn the lesson from them to take away the sport, to take away what we give it away. But, But the more we face, the more trials we face, the more we give to God instead, then we still have that success. We still have that faith. We still grow. I've talked a lot about my own life and the different struggles I've faced. And I'm teaching a class right now on Tuesdays uh, about depression and anxiety and these things. And as I'm teaching the class, there is absolutely a part of me that's like, how can you do this? You're still struggling with this. Well, in my struggles, I've learned what God can do. In my fear of public speaking, I've learned to let God speak through me. And all of these things come because of him, not because of me. And whatever I face, I'm not in the middle of it being like, I'm so happy I get to struggle. You know, it's so awesome that bad things are happening. But I've learned over time to keep looking to him instead. Because he is constant. Because he is all-knowing. He is all-present. He is all-loving. It isn't our reaction, or it's our reaction. It is our reaction to adversity that helps determine our life story, not the adversity itself. We are not defined by what we face. We are defined by the love of God that shows through us, that shines through us, that lifts us above that adversity. How we face it, what we do, who we turn to, what we turn to. And everyone faces it, everyone faces trials, but true faith, we are not alone. Going to verse 8 or 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while while we were still sinners. I had you picture the best Christian that you could ever think of. Right now. I want you to picture the worst person imaginable. Now listen. I am not saying somebody who uh, is different than you politically or thinks differently or just as annoying or somebody that you disagree with. I'm not saying somebody who went to Purdue or roots for the Steelers. I am saying someone who is the worst morally that you can think of uh, through history. Probably nobody we've known, but through history, through uh, inter- whatever it is, is—the serial killers, dictators, something. Think of the worst possible person who does evil things, who hurts people, who breaks people, who, who just does awful things. Now, imagine that somebody comes to you tomorrow and says, in order for them to live, you have to die. Now, I want you to think about what your response would be. And I don't want the Christian response. I don't want the church response. I want the truth of what you think, because I think we all know the difficulty in that. Now, let's take it down and on. Let's say that somebody comes to you tomorrow and says, for them to be cured of an illness, you have to take a punch from 1990s Mike Tyson. That's all you have to do. Just take a punch. His hardest punch in the face. Even that, some of us might, but most of us would be like, "Ah, that guy doesn't deserve it. Well, Jesus died on the cross for that person. For us at our worst. For humanity at its worst. He died on the cross while everyone around him was yelling out insults and mocking him and hating him. He died on the cross while his followers were running away. He died on the cross after one of his closest friends betrayed him. He died on the cross having done no wrong for every single person in history. Trouble after trouble. Struggle after struggle, we are going to face these things. And after each one, whatever, especially when we're in our worst moments, it can make us feel, why me? Not in a whining way, but in a real like, why is this happening? We're actually looking for why is this happening? And it can push us near our breaking point. And we can feel so hurt and so alone and so lost and like no one loves us. But that love (coughs) that led him to the cross never changes. That faith that we can gain by giving our lives over to him. He's always there. That constant of his hope, that constant of his truth, that constant of his message, of his sacrifice. It is always constant. It is never changing no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, no matter who we are. Because He gave His life for the worst of us, for us at our worst, so that we would have a better life. We could choose that. Last week in the tradition, I started this series with with talking about God's love and how we can never be separated from it. Nothing can separate us from it. Well, one of the things I said, and I took this quote is God loves you like you're the only person in the entire world. That's how he loves every single person. And that's forever. That's constant. Absolutely, people can turn away from that. And they can choose for various reasons to not accept it. But that love never changes. That love never grows weary. That love never goes away. And it doesn't mean, yes, troubles are fun. And it doesn't mean life's suddenly fair. But it does mean that we can have peace. We can hold on to that perfect love. And we can look to a brighter future. It means that a life lived with Him is so worth it. I have one more quote. The greatest miracle of all. (laughs) is that God looks at me, at you, in all our dirt and brokenness, and says, I choose you. You are beautiful. This is not something I would ever say to myself. In fact, when the video played earlier, I covered my eyes to not see myself. And that's something I struggle with. Which is neat that I'm constantly on video now. But that's not what Jesus sees. Thankfully, he does not see what I see. I just slammed my microphone. He does not see what I see. When you're at your worst, when you're at your loneliest, when you're at your most broken, he does not see that. He sees your heart. And he sees your potential. And he sees your future. And he sees you with eyes of love. And all you have to do is accept That, Because at our worst, he still loves us, knowing what we would do in our lives, knowing what we would say, knowing what we would post. He still loves us. And we still have this choice. We still can have this life. We still can accept this peace. And knowing all of that, knowing the worst of humanity, he still sacrificed himself for them, for us, for everyone. He faced pain. Tremendous pain. More than we can imagine. And I'm not just talking the whips and I'm not just talking the the punches and all that. I'm talking the pain of people turning away from Him as He's healing them. He faced horrible trials. He faced people betraying Him. He faced people lying about Him. He faced all of these things. He faced death. Now, that does not mean that we don't get to feel sad and it doesn't mean we don't get to feel grief it doesn't mean we don't get to feel hurt because we do what it means though is that we serve a God who understands all of that we serve a God who understands everything we're going to face because he faced it we serve a God who never changes even as everything around us changes we serve a God who loves us Even when we don't love ourselves. And that is peace. And that is foundational. And that is something that we must grab onto and live. We serve a God. Who can look at the worst. The worst that we face. The worst person imaginable. And turn them into beauty. Because we serve a God of love and a God of truth and a God of great power. And all we have to do is accept that love and accept that peace. And when we face trials, when we face hurts, when we face tribulations, instead of turning to others, instead of turning to things, instead of turning to whatever, turn to Him. And we can walk on water and when the storms come around us, even when we sink, we know that he will reach out his hand, And all we have to do is reach back. That's all I got.